it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. CFL week is underway in Montreal. 3-2, the Lions leading the Alouettes with two minutes left in the first quarter, but the uh, Alouettes poised to score here. They took over inside the BC 30 after a horrifically shanked punt by the Lions, and now Montreal working it down to about the one-and-a-half yard line, so they'll try to punch that in for a touchdown. The triple header tomorrow concludes on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium. With the Elks home to the Stampeders, our coverage on 6.30, Chad, will start with the countdown to kickoff at 4.30, the game at 6. And, of course, we will tee up that game throughout Inside Sports tonight. Also, for fun, I did a Twitter poll. Pretty simple. Who wins the game on Saturday? 85 of you have voted 62% in favor of the Stampeders, who are favored going into this game, though uh, I think perhaps a little bit more uh, optimism uh, than some other Elks games, given the way that they played on uh, Monday. And we'll talk more from uh, about the Stamps a little bit later on with Greg Peterson. They're not an entirely healthy team, nor are the Elks uh, throughout most of the season. So we'll uh, tee that up for you as we go along. And Trent Brown will be on the show as well, played in several Battle of Albertas during his career now with James H. Brown, who are the title sponsors of this very program. So, yes, uh, Montreal and BC, and Montreal gets the touchdown to go up 8-3 with the convert to come. The Blue Jays in Texas tonight to face the Rangers. Some pretty significant rule changes in Major League Baseball, which I'm going to go through here in a few minutes as they're trying to speed up the game and get rid of the shift and some other innovations we have seen in recent seasons. All right, so the Oilers continuing to uh, have the informal skates at Rogers Place, and uh, they had a, a lengthy scrimmage today. Uh, most of the big guys are there. Not not quite everybody is there. And, and some people who are in town didn't skate. For example, Zach Hyman, not on the ice today, but you had McDavid, you had Dreisaitl, you had Evander Kane. Jack Campbell is in Edmonton. He was not on the ice today, the new goaltender for your Edmonton Oilers. But he says, uh, yeah, in these past few days, he has settled in to YEG. Yeah, I got out here this week. Um, had a great summer with the Toronto guys on the team, and we've been working hard and, um, you know, picking their brains on everything and just can't wait to uh, to get started with this group. Everybody seems awesome, and obviously watching them last year in the playoffs uh, gave us a lot of fuel to, uh, you know, keep it going this year. All right, so that is Jack Campbell, who will be the Oilers' number one goaltender, and he's coming off, uh, I mean, he was with the Maple Leafs for parts of three seasons, but really two full seasons 
with the Leafs. They traded for him in February of 2020, shortly before the league shut down uh, because of COVID. And then he played 22 of the 56 games during the uh, All-Canadian shortened season. And he had 49 appearances last season, missed some time with an injury. He has had uh, He's had an interesting trajectory through uh through his hockey career i I mean a very uh, a very highly thought of prospect when he was coming out of junior so highly thought of in fact that he was taken 11th overall by the dallas stars in 2010 so pretty high for a goaltender to be selected and this was uh after remember that uh world junior tournament in uh 2010 that was hosted by regina and saskatoon he he split the goaltending duties for, for team usa but he came on relief in that wild gold medal game that the States won 6-5 over Canada in overtime. Jordan Eberle, who always got clutch goals while playing for Team Canada, got a couple goals late in the third period to force overtime. So uh, Campbell helped them win the gold medal. He was the winning goaltender in that game. He also won a bronze at the World Juniors in 2011. So, I mean, he'd been on some U18 teams. Uh, as part of the U.S. hockey program as well. So, you know, a, a player identified in his teens as an elite player, got a chance to play on national teams, gets drafted in the first round, 11th overall in 2010 uh, by the Dallas Stars. And he he never plays a game for the Dallas Stars. Um, you know, he had uh, one season, he was hampered a little bit by a hand injury, which put off uh, his first start of the season. That was back in 15-16. Uh, he actually, in, in December 2015, got sent down to the East Coast Hockey League. So, you know, here he is about four and a half years after being drafted. And uh, the Stars are perhaps thinking, okay, what's going to happen with this guy? Even though, I mean, he did win a Calder Cup in Dallas. So, was doing well in the minors but perhaps not as well as the Dallas Stars were hoping he was going to do and eventually he gets traded to the Los Angeles Kings in June of 2016 for a defenseman named Nick Ebert who's uh, currently playing in the KHL Uh, so he's playing with the Kings he gets into some games with the Kings he he gets a a contract extension with the Kings in September 2019 two years 3.3 million dollars and maybe he's going to catch on with the Los Angeles Kings and uh, then he winds up getting traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, with the Kings, this is just his time with L.A. Yeah, he had a 9.18 save percentage and a couple of shutouts in, in uh, 57 appearances. Not bad. His one loss record was not very good, 20-24-5. and five. I, I, If you look at his last two years with Toronto, and, and, and I know, uh, look, I, 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 I know there's still some thoughts well can he can he really be the guy can he really be the guy I mean he played 49 games for Toronto last year and he was injured for about a month so he he had 47 starts so I I mean if he's healthy the whole year he's he's up around 55 57 58 starts and maybe that's how the Oilers are going to use him and Stuart Skinner you know about about two-thirds you got mid 50s uh for uh for Campbell maybe uh, low 20s for Skinner in terms of starts if you look at just the last two years for Jack Campbell it's hard to argue with these numbers 48 12 and 8 48 12 and 8 with a 916 save percentage seven shutouts and a 2.49 goals against average now i know that when it comes to a goaltender's one loss record yeah, it can depend how much offensive support you're getting. It can depend on the uh, quality of shots your team is giving up, all those types of things. But those are pretty good numbers. I, I mean, if Jack Campbell is 916 with the Oilers, 
and has a 2.49 goals against average and is steady, that's going to be pretty good goaltending. So let's just say that's that's a goals against average of two and a half. And, and, I, and I know that is an average, so it's not always, okay, one game he gives up three, the next game he gives up two. But if he gives the Oilers goaltending, you know, most nights where he's going to give up three or less, and you look at the Oilers offense, and, and I think that they should be able to score, and most nights they should be able to score three or more, then he's got the potential to be a pretty good backstop and to have another pretty good win-loss record. Campbell today commented on his career path. Yeah, I mean, I just knew all along I I, I could be a number one goalie, and um, it's not just being a number one goalie. You know, my, my goal is to be the best I can be and, um, you know, help this team win a Stanley Cup and continue from there. And, uh, you know, getting that opportunity in Toronto to be a number one guy um, just gave me the... Um, feeling I was looking for my whole career and uh, for Edmonton to believe in me and allow me to be here for five years and to, uh, you know, work with this group every single day and um, try to accomplish some amazing things. I'm just so excited and can't wait to get going. All right, so that is Jack Campbell. Again, just the last two seasons with Toronto. 48-12-8. 916 save percentage, seven shutouts, a 2.49 goals against average. Pretty good numbers. Pretty good numbers. So, I, I you know, five-year commitment here from Edmonton. And, uh, I, I, you know, he's he's 30 years old. He's not old. I, I think he's kind of in the wheelhouse for maybe even hitting his prime as a goaltender. Leon Dreisaitl also came out and spoke to the media today. And, of course, uh, I asked him about Jack Campbell. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be really good for us. Um, you know, he's shown it over the last couple of years that, that he can be a, a really good uh, goalie in this league. And, um, you know, he's going he's gonna to be big for us. Um, and obviously, as a guy, I think he's very, uh, very nice. Uh, he's, he's a special human being. So um, we're all very excited to have him around. And really, I know there have been other little tweaks to the roster and going into training camp, you never know might uh, what might pan out in terms of injuries or unexpected players stepping up or perhaps not performing to their potential. But one of the storylines for the Oilers this season is Campbell's the new guy. Most of the team is back. I mean, yes, Duncan Keith retired. So you got Ryan Murray coming in. You got Philip Roberg competing for a spot. But up front, of course, Dry Settle McDavid are back. Nugent Hopkins is back. Kane is back. Uh, Yamamoto, Hyman, Pugliarvi are back. Ryan McLeod, all indications are that he will have a contract by the time we get into camp on September 21st. So, you know, some depth guys. You got Ryan, you got Shore, you'll have Jan Mark competing for a job. Uh, you know, maybe somebody else pushes for a spot. But most of the key positions are accounted for. And I think that's why there's uh, optimism here again. And Dreisaitl commented on most of the team being back from last year. Yeah, I like it. Um, you know, there's some f- uh, familiarity. Um, you know, I think everyone kind of knows where they slot in and, and the, the type of game that we want to play. And, um, you know, sometimes that, that makes things easier, uh, especially at the start of the season. So um, I like it. I like the way our, our, our group looks. All right, that is Leon Dreisaitl, who was, quite frankly, awesome in the playoffs last season, helping the Oilers get to the West Final, where they were swept by the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, Dreisaitl in the playoffs finished with 32 points in 16 games. I just got to recap that, because even though I watched every game and was following the stats day by day, it still seems a little uh, surreal to say that. He had seven goals, 25 assists for 32 points in 16 playoff games. Two points 
per game with the Oilers. And he was doing it all, as you know, with a high ankle sprain suffered in the first round against the Los Angeles Kings. I asked him about recovering from that injury over the summer. Took a little time, obviously. Um, <clears throat> a little restricted on on a bunch of things this summer, but um, you know, obviously you try and work around it as good as you can and get yourself ready for uh, yeah two weeks from now. All right, so uh, as he said, he was a little restricted with some of the things he could do as he recovered, but uh, he appears to be good to go. I watched the scrimmage today, everybody. Don't hold it against me. I didn't keep stats. I can, I, I, I noticed that Noah Philp, for example, scored a couple of goals. Uh, it was an energetic scrimmage. I would not say that players are going anywhere near regular season tempo, not even preseason tempo. It was pretty much a no-hitter. Um, you know, obviously not every puck is going to be contested. Shots aren't going to be blocked. I even noticed on a couple of occasions, defensemen passed up opportunities to take slap shots to uh, to not risk hitting a, a teammate in, in on as the shot would travel through to the net. So, uh, but it was fun to watch. Um, Kane and McDavid were together. Uh, they played a little bit with Derek Ryan and also Ryan McLeod got in there. Dry Settle was with Nugent Hopkins and Pooley Irvy. I'm giving you line combinations at a pre-preseason scrimmage just for your own information. I ask you specifically to not read anything into them. These were not lines uh, set by the coaching staff or things that uh, they were looking into. Uh, again, we're, we're uh, what are we, 16 days away from the preseason and a little over a month away from the regular season. So I, I give you those lines just because you're probably curious and to give you something to talk about with your friends and family. Because I, I I know you listen to Inside Sports for conversation points for the important people in your life. But uh, let's not get too carried away with the lines we saw today. Last night, Tony, who's a regular caller to the show, gave me a buzz and said, what is going on with Evander Kane's grievance? Uh, I spoke to a member of the Oilers management group today at the scrimmage who said, yeah, we don't really know either. We are still waiting. Um you know, there's. I think the likely thing here is some sort of. I, I mean, look, I just to just to round out all the possibilities. It is still possible, possible as one extreme, that uh, the you know the the ruling is well, the San Jose had no right to terminate his contract. You go back to the Sharks. It's probably more likely that there'll be some sort of a settlement that. Uh, the, they're, they're going to say, okay, San Jose, you got to give Evander Kane, uh, you know, a million dollars a year for the next three years, next four years or whatever. So he's going to earn about as much as he would earn with it. Some, something like that is more likely, but that's the update I have. Uh, the Oilers, Evander Kane, everybody else still waiting for that to shake down as well. It has indeed taken longer than we all thought it would. Hope you're having a good Friday night so far. We're going to try to keep it rolling along here until 8 o'clock on Inside Sports. If you want to participate in the program, you can do so at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S, and you can email me, and you know it warms my heart to get an email. I got a streak here of two days in a row getting an email from somebody. Different people. So if you want to warm my heart, send me an email, 
inside sports at 630shed.com. Because as you know, Kellen Kennedy, I have a cold and bitter heart. And it you are a cold, up. cold man, Reed Wilkins. I, 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 I'm not just a Scrooge at Christmas. I'm a year-round. You're, you're Mr. White Christmas. You're Mr. Snow. <laughs> uh, what else was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Now I lost my train of thought. Well, we got plenty on the football game coming up tomorrow. We'll have more comments from Dreisaitl and uh, Campbell as we move along. This is Inside Sports on Chet. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Black Ocean, Golden Dawn. Okay, we'll go straight to the Certainty Hotline. We have Brian standing by. Is this is this two nights in a row? Is this the same Brian from yesterday? Absolutely, Reed. Absolutely. Oh, boy, you're, yeah. You are eager to chat, my friend. What's going on? Oh, I missed not talking to you there for a while, you know? <laughs> um <laughs> I uh, no, I, you're, you're you know talking about the Oilers uh, and whatnot. A couple couple things, um, you know, it's, it's going to be nice to have a coach here for the whole year. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm talking about Woodcroft. Just the, the fact that he's going to be here the whole year. He's got you know the 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 season off to prep things and to you know get to know the, the players that he didn't know. I think that's going to be a big plus. And and the other thing I was going to just make a comment on is. You know, as other fans, we always want to be first. We want to be first in the Pacific. We want to be first in the division. What matters is getting to the playoffs. And I think the good teams know that. So they they keep their powder dry. And you you absolutely have to play. You play you have to play well, uh, but you don't have to. Uh, you know, you don't have to come out and you know gangbusters and and try to win. Uh, what is it, the president's trophy for the most points? What's important is is getting in the playoffs, and and I think, and, and the other thing is that the the trade deadline I think is going to be key this year for the Oilers. Well, right, because it's not a perfect roster. I you know, and I, I still think they could use a little beef on defense, and we'll see how some of the guys play. Jay Woodcroft in 38 games last year went 26 nine and three for a 7.24 points percentage. That's a 118 point season over 82 games. I don't know if the Oilers are going to get there, um, but you know, clearly with everybody back and and uh, and Woodcroft with a with a whole year to work with the team, I think will be good. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully the Oilers are a team, and I understand what Brian is saying that they should be a playoff team. Um, does the seeding matter that much when you get to playoff time? Not really. I think you'd like to have game seven at home if it comes down to that in a series like it did against LA last year, but the Oilers have a little more experience under their belts now. And, you know, I think that as you go through the season, there will be some key stretches. I, I know I was talking to somebody last year and uh, he was talking about, kind of teams like Carolina, Florida, Colorado that separated and kind of in January, February knew they were going to the postseason. And he says those teams, you know, they're always trying to play well, but they'll look at, 
okay, there's a three-game road trip against some tough teams. That's when we got to make sure we're we're really on our game. That's when we got to be ready to crank it up. So I think that's how some of the top teams uh, approach the schedule as uh, maybe they pull away in their divisions and are and are looking ahead to the playoffs a bit. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It is an annual tradition. Greg Peterson from the Stamps broadcast booth to tee up the rematch next on Inside Sports. 